Bless this mess. Bless this mess. Hey there, Drunken Uncultured here. We are your favorite alcoholics that pretend to be a podcast when we really just want an excuse to drink beer and talk about shit. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. We are, and we're doing something a little bit different today because we're doing um, a drunk review of something, so we are kind of already a little drunk. I mean, we're a little drunk, but also because we didn't prepare ahead of time, so we started drinking. We never prepare ahead of time. You (laughs) don't prepare ahead of time. Fair point. We changed our topic at the last minute, so we spent the last two hours researching and drinking. Yeah, we weren't uh, feeling the topic that we were going to do. And uh, we also drank the last of Lindsay's tequila, so if we sound like a disaster, that's why. That's why. We haven't had tequila in a long time. No, we ha- I haven't had tequila in well, a long like, time. on the podcast. It's in been general, like, since I have season not, one. I have not had tequila in a long time I think probably the last time you had tequila was like the last shut up shot we did, more than likely. Uh, the last tequila shot you probably did was the last yes, shot. Yes, that's, that's fair. Yeah, I so. don't even know if I've had a margarita. <laughs> I've, been a, I've been on a, like, mezcal kick Got lately, it. so that's probably what it is. And a, mostly a Malort kick. Yeah. So, before we start, we do have some sober thoughts of some albums that we missed last episode. I wanted to mention that Lizzo has an album dropping that we didn't talk about. The song Juice is a fucking bop. It's a great one. Um, Bombay Bicycle Club has come back from the dead to... Announced that they're working on an album. When's it coming out? I don't fucking know. But uh, it is in progress. They have been dead on social media for two and a half years. And they came back saying they're going to release an album at some point. Awesome. Um, In album release news, Foles announced after our episode aired that they are doing a two-part album. Um, the first part drops March 8th, so I thought... Oh, really? They already announced dates? Yeah, I thought they March just said 8th. that it was going to be two albums. Part one, March 8th, part two, um, autumn. So we have dates on that, and I'm finally, like, I finally have an end in sight for this week. So. Also, speaking of releases like that, uh, Vampire Weekend has been dropping some, like, heavy, heavy hints about the album and uh they've said that they're going to release two songs every month until the album drops and they i think the album's dropping in april yeah based on what uh they posted on their instagram page i think we're looking at april cool so that's super exciting because i love vampire weekend all right and we haven't done sober thoughts in a while but yeah we were talking about how we missed a few and some things popped up since the episode aired so that's that what are we drinking today Alright, so the next couple of episodes, we are going to be drinking uh, some beer that I've brought from other places yeah, in the country. we traveled so, a lot during the holidays and yeah, work. For, we, side note, we both ended up in Delaware together, separately for work trips. Yeah, uh, we ended up in the same city on separate work trips, and that was great. Oh, do you want to mention the brewery we went to? Because that place was yeah. great. Uh, we... Went to this really cool place called Brickworks Brewing. Yep. And they had some good fucking food. Their beer and their, and their food yeah. was great. I got a crowler of one of their stouts to bring home. Um, soda Jerk. Oh, that was so it good. Was like a, che- yeah, it was, like, it was a, like a sun, almost like a sundae, yep. like a cherry <clears throat> It tasted like stout. almost 
like you were to do um, a Dr. Pepper float. Oh, that's a really good description. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that until you yeah, just said like that. Yeah, like every float with Dr. Pepper instead. It was really good. Uh, uh, what did I have there? I had their drop towel IPA, which I really liked. Uh, my favorite beer that I had there was Dark Entries. It was an oatmeal stout, and it was named after a Bow Wow's album. Well, song, not album, but <laughs> so, yeah. the album was called In the Flat Field, not Dark Entries. There were some good beers there. I had um, Shogun Assassin IPA, which was really good. That one was good. The Soda Jerk Sunday Stout was the one I took home. Yeah. Um, that one was really good. I quite enjoyed, um, what was the next one? Hanzo the Razor Double IPA. That was one of my favorites. That was a well. new release when we got there, too. Mm-hmm. That was a new release a few days before. Yep. Uh, I also had the Sugar Plum Sour Ale. Yep. That one was really cool because it was the sour ale with lactose. Yep. That one was a really cool flavor. If you're ever in the middle of Delaware, uh, definitely try to make a trip out. Yeah, it was great. We got to meet their brewer. Mm-hmm. He's a Jeff Goldblum fan. Yep. He uh, also is a big New Wave fan. Yes. There was some really good food as well that we had. Um, it was just a great spot. A spot. I'm glad we got to find that. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so, what are we drinking? So, this I also brought back from my recent trip to Delaware. Um, this is the perfect disguise from Dogfish Head. So, do you want to intro what we're doing now? Oh, yeah. So, I thought it would be fun moving forward since we're obviously a lot of the time trying new beers mm-hmm. at this point moving on, uh, we're going to each say three words that we think best describe this beer. Yep. So let me preface, this is a double dry hopped IPA. Okay. So you cannot use IPA, <laughs> double, or dry hopped to describe it. Okay. And then um, I guess as a background, I have not tried this. I don't know if you have. I tried it. So I, when I was in Delaware, went to the Dogfish Head Brew Pub. Okay. And I had this on draft there. Okay. And that, I liked it so much that I decided to bring okay. some home. So Stephanie's had this, so she's had some time, I guess, to kind of think about. I don't really remember what it tasted <laughs> like, because it's been a few days. Got it. But, um, but this is my initial reaction, because I have not tried this Also, yet. this growler leaked in my suitcase on the way back. So, you're welcome that you got this. <laughs> cheers. Right, cheers. I love that we both smell it. <laughs> it's a force of habit at this point. So, I would say light. Mm-hmm. Smooth. Let me try it again. <laughs> it's very, like, it's very mild. Yeah, it, it, it it's really It's really is. mild for, like, a double dry hop. It's not as juicy as what you expect from a dry hop or like a double dry hopped IPA. Because if you think about it, um, think of like this in comparison to the dry hopped IPAs we were drinking last night. At no, Maple I know. Wood. Those are super juicy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say light, mild. I really want to say dry because the finish is like, there's like a dry finish. Like it might. Okay. Top. I'll let you, I'll let you do that one. Because like when I drink it. I don't, like, it's it's the opposite of juicy. Like, this is not juicy in, mm-hmm. in the slightest, and it's, like, when you say dry hopped, it's typically, like, a juicier beer. It, well, so it tastes, yeah. It tastes juicy, yeah. but this does not. This almost tastes dry, but it's not hoppy. It's not um, musky at all. It's just, it almost tastes like a, like a good version of a lager. So, the description of this beer actually on Untapped right now is... An American double dry hopped IPA disguised as a Kolsch. 
That was the other word I was going to say, Kolsch. Um, it's, it doesn't taste like an IPA at all. So to if me, you had just, if you hadn't told me that this was a double dry hopped IPA, I wouldn't have known. You wouldn't what this believe was. me, right? That's I why wouldn't I... have known what this was. Like, if you had just said, try this beer, tell me what it is, I would have been like, yeah. It's cold lager? I, I mean, don't... it's not, this is not. What's the percentage it. on this? Eight. Oh, fuck. This will get you fucked up. Yeah. Like, so sometimes juicy beers are kind of heavy to drink, so, like, I get full quickly. Yeah. This one is um, very easy This is drinking. very easy drinking. Yeah, so, this will fuck you up. I was going to say, this has a super clean taste yeah. to it. And then I was going to, you also get a bit of a malty aftertaste. So, like, when you first sip it, you get some of the malt flavor to it. But it's actually got, like, a super tropical overall, mm-hmm. like, flavor. Got which it. I really like. This is I'm really a big, good. I'm a big tropical IPA fan. Yeah. You know, like, Tropic Hero, anything with tropical flavors. I'm a sucker for the tropics, so. Uh, I like this a lot. It's really good, right? Yeah, no, I, Dogfish Head, all, everything I've had from Dogfish Head have been, like, the 60, 90. Yeah, those, uh, I mean, those are, well, those are, are great beers. They're I, very hot forward. Right. Well, those are meant to be hot right. forward. Everything I've had from Dogfish Head has been hot forward, though. So this is very different than what I was expecting when you said, like, Dogfish Head. Have you ever um, heard of Dragons and Yum Yums? Is that the one that they did with Flaming Lips? Yes. Yeah. That beer is one of the best beers I've ever had. And that's okay. from Dogfish Head. Yeah. And it's no, just I just haven't so, tried it. I've seen, like, I've seen you have They it. do a lot of really cool stuff, like, in collab... Really? They do um, a lot of really cool stuff with musicians. So, like, obviously Dragons and Yum Yums is with the Flaming Lips. And then... They did a Mountain Goats one, right? They did. So, the best ever dark Munich beer out of Milton okay. is the Mountain Goats beer. Okay. And, like, while I was there... I don't remember what it was called, but they had a Grateful Dead beer. Got it. So they do a lot of music beers. And, like, their um, their brew pub, which is not the actual brewery. So the actual yeah. brewery is in Milton, Delaware. Okay. Um, I went to their brew pub down by the beaches, and they have, like, an entire stage set up in there. So they have live music. Cool. I think every night, except for the night that I was there, of course. Got but, it. Uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance to visit Dogfish Head, like, I, next time I'm out there, I'd love to go check out the actual brewery yeah. itself. I was just real hungry, so. Yeah, I don't I ever, needed some food. I rarely actually get to go to Dover, so. Yeah. That was, like, a opportunity. I was only there for one night. Um, but I definitely want to check out their actual brewery. Um, I'd like to visit Evolution Brewing, which is in Salisbury, Maryland. And I almost drove down. Uh, the night that I ended up at Dogfish Head, I was going to drive all the way down there, but I don't like driving at night, so mm-hmm. not a good idea. Um, I'd also like to visit, like I said, the Dogfish Head brewery itself in Milton, and then I'd like to go to Tired Hands, which is outside of Philadelphia. Got it. So normally, like, for anyone that knows geography, Dover, Delaware is in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. So you have and to fly. It's very small. So you have to fly into one of the big airports and... Tired Hands is just outside of Philadelphia, and one of our friends, who's a huge beer nut, mm-hmm. was telling me how great they are, so I'd love to go check them out. Cool. Um, is it in Philly, you said? It's outside of Philly. Outside of Philly? All right, so now that we've gotten through all of that, you want to intro our topic? Yes. So we have talked about doing this topic for a long time, I feel like. Yeah, I'm not sure if we've mentioned it a ton of times on the podcast, but we have, you and I have been talking yeah. about doing oh, it for yeah, a long time. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Um, so today we are talking about the Twilight franchise. Yes, we are doing a drunk review of Twilight. Um, the fr- it's a franchise, franchise, not just not just the first one, but yeah. yeah, the franchise. Um, and then I just want to say this is inspired by Sailor J on YouTube's drunk book review of Twilight. We watched that and thought it was hilarious. So we wanted to get drunk beforehand and talk about Twilight. I mean, it's not going to be nearly as entertaining. Oh, no, no, I know. She's hilarious. If you want to see something really fucking funny, go watch Sailor J review Drunk Twilight, or do a drunk review of Twilight, because it's really fucking funny. She's great. Uh, We're not that great. No. Um, But that's the reason we wanted to do it, because we thought it was funny, and... I also think we had wanted... We've been wanting to talk about Twilight. Yeah, we've wanted to start... I think this conversation started around the same time we were talking about the the soundtracks episode. Yes. Yes. So, because these movies have, you know, been around forever. The only thing good about it is the soundtrack. I mean, yes, and we'll come back to that point. (laughs) Don't you worry. Uh, The main reason we wanted to talk about this, though, is so... I just said the same thing twice in a row. Um, (laughs) The first Twilight film came out in 2008. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, 2018 was last year, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. New Moon came out in 2009, and since it's 2019, we thought it would be a good idea to celebrate 10 years of Twilight movie bullshit. 10 years too many. I mean... Is it, Why is it in the universe? Anyways. <laughs> Alright, let's kick off our discussion by talking about the book series. Okay. Let's give some... Just a quick background in Stephanie Meyer, who is the author. Uh, Stephanie Meyer has said that the idea for this book series and, like, the first book came to her in a dream. A.K.A. a wet dream. I don't know if it was a wet dream. That's true. She's a Mormon. Uh, So the dream was about a human girl and a vampire that was in love with her, but thirsted for her blood. And so based on this dream, she wrote a transcript of chapter 13 of the first Twilight book. (laughs) And uh, she had no writing experience. That's obvious. But in the matter of like three months after she finished writing the book, uh, she signed for a three book deal for $750,000. Damn. Which is crazy high for a first time author. And if you think of like other popular authors that wrote, not, not YA specific like novels, big books, like, like JK Rowling yeah. went through how many, to how many editors and almost thought she was going to make no money on the first Harry Potter book. Yeah. Which is crazy that... But, I mean, if you also think about it, J.K. Rowling kind of paved the way for this to happen. I mean, it's true. I, I'm i not denying that I whatsoever. Think at the end of the day, like, publishing... Publishing houses, I think is what they're called, um, realized just how profitable YA and, like, yeah. fantasy and all of this was. Yeah, that's very true. So that's probably... Um, Probably it. So the first book was released in 2005, which is obviously the first Mm -hmm. one, which is titled Twilight. Twilight. Um, It's the one with the hands on the apple that I remember everybody reading when I was in like a freshman in high school, I think. So let me ask you this question. I was going to ask you later, but I'll ask you now. How old were you when you read the first Twilight book? I think I was a senior in college. I refuse. Really? I, or not senior in college. Senior in high school. 
I think I, I refused to watch it. I remember my first experience with people reading it. I'm not saying it, watching. I'm saying sorry, no, sorry. reading. My first experience with people reading it was when I was a freshman in high school. I think I finally got around to reading the first one when I was a senior in high school because I just refused to. So. I It was always like, when I was in high school, it was always like Team Twilight, Team Harry Potter. And I was like, fuck Twilight. That's fair. Because so Team I, Harry Potter is much better. Right. So I refused to read Twilight. But then one of my friends was like, just. Just read it. Like, we won't tell anybody that you read it. Just read it. And so I read it, and it was bad. And that... Then I read two more after that. Because <laughs> they were both bad. And I was just like, I gotta see how bad this gets. So, I read the first Twilight book when I was in middle school. I think I'm trying to think... I read it shortly after it came out. So, if you were an... Eighth grade, that's right around the time that, like, my first experience with somebody reading it was. I was in seventh grade. That makes sense. So, the reason that I read the first one is this this girl that I was in the middle school orchestra with. What instrument did you play? The viola. <laughs> <laughs> I put the viola. You're ready to answer that. Oh, I'm so ready. I own my viola, by the way. No, but you always know the weird questions I'm going to ask. I own that viola. <laughs> um, so this girl that I was in the middle school orchestra with was reading it, and then she let me borrow it, and that's why I read it. Got it. All right. <laughs> You're looking at me in a very different light right now. No, no, no. I feel like I knew that, actually. <laughs> All right. So you want to move into just like a, some plot summaries of each one, and we'll let's let's do it this way. There's so much to talk about, so... Let's break it down. We'll do a plot summary of the four books. Okay. And if a discussion point pops up within that, we'll kind of derail and then come back in. As per usual. Yeah. And then we'll discuss just like general topics after that, and then we'll go into movies. All right. So let's do a quick plot summary because I feel like the plot summaries will be quick. What every I think everybody knows what it's about. I mean, I would hope so. There's been five movies and four books, so much pop culture. Bella moves from Arizona to the middle of nowhere in Washington. Um, she moves in with her dad. She was living with her mom. Her mom wants to marry or date a professional baseball player. Yes. And travels so with him a lot. That's why she leaves and moves to the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Yes. And she finds her, according to Wikipedia, she finds herself, in air quotes, involuntarily drawn... Which is an awful phrase. Oof. She finds herself attracted to this super hot guy, Edward, and she learns that he's a member of a vampire vampire coven. Yeah. Do we and call them vampire covens? I don't. I think so. Clan. I feel like coven's the wrong word. Oh, yeah, covens for witches. I know. We're just gonna call them a clan because yeah. that's what they pretty much are. A nest. That's what they call them in True Blood. <laughs> I haven't seen True Blood, so I don't Ever? I've never... Fuck. We've discussed this! I, know, I always forget. We have discussed this. <laughs> I, I have not forget. seen True Blood. Um, yes. And I didn't have HBO as a child. <laughs> I was a senior in high school, so you would have been... I was still a child. I was living at home. I was... I watched it at my friend's house. It doesn't matter. Um, so Edward finds himself as well, like, involuntarily attracted to her because... Her he, blood smells good. Her blood smells good, and he can't hear her thoughts. Also, Wikipedia says that they're called a coven. Okay, well, Wikipedia is the truth, so we'll call them a coven. It is the truth. Um, so, they 
fall in love, and eventually these, like, hunter vampires from, like, out of state come. And The one guy's the, name's, is, uh, his name is James. James um, is very interested in Edward's relationship with Bella. And protectiveness over her, yeah. so he decides to hunt her for sport. Um, tricks her, essentially, into a trap, and... Wait, so they go to Phoenix, and She then... goes back to Phoenix, <laughs> and then she gets tricked into a trap, and then gets saved by Edward and the Cullen. She gets tricked into, um... Sorry, if you can hear animals in the background, um, they're both super hyped up, and I don't know why. It's one of those days. It's one of the days where they have a ton of energy, and they're not just chilling out. Sorry. So, James lies to Bella and lets her, like, believe that he's holding her mom hostage. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't gonna go into detail, but sure. I mean, it's a plot point. Yeah. And then, and he, like, attacks Bella, and then Edward and his ca- his gang. His coven? His coven. <laughs> his little gang of vampires shows up and saves her, and she's, like, super seriously wounded, but she has a broken leg and that's it. I'm reading Wikipedia right now. She is seriously wounded. I read the entire article earlier. She had a broken leg, but sure. Just enforces the fact that she wants to be a vampire and asks. She asks it. Yeah. This whole like, confrontation, she pretty much tells Edward she wants him to yep. turn her into a vampire. And then he says no. And then that's how the book ends. Yep. Also, Jake is in there at some point, but not really. He's not really in there. He's there. It's like, she's like, oh, I remember meeting you when I was like a child. Yeah, Jacob's in there. Not really. All right. There's Taylor Lautner before. Oh, we're going to come back to that. Sorry. <laughs> I won't go into that story yet. Then we have New Moon. Okay. So Edward decides that because of all the drama that went down at the end of Twilight, he's going to dip out and he yep. wants to leave Bella and leave all of his family and leave but fuck nowhere, Washington. <laughs> and he thinks that he is a danger to Bella. And so he goes away and Jacob comes in Ooh. to swoop in. We forgot to say that the group of vampires in the first one, there was three of them, James, Victoria, and Laurent. 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 Um, come back to that later. But yes, new moon. <laughs> Jacob swoops in. Oh, because, we're not going to name all the vampires, just the ones? No, that matters because it comes in later. Okay. Ja- Jacob swoops in because Edward says that he does not love Bella. In an attempt to, like, get Make, her... Yeah, to, like, just rip the bandit it's off. It's one of those things where, like, you tell like, an animal, Go get on, get, get, get out of here. I never loved you. Like, that's how he treats her. Anyways, <laughs> Jacob swoops in to rekindle... Their friendship they had as children? I don't really know. And he decides he's in love with her because, sure, that's a thing. Because she's a Mary Sue and everybody's in love with her. We'll come back to that later. Put a pin in that. <laughs> uh, she, discover, she discovers that he can, and he, I mean Jacob, can shapeshift into a wolf. Because that's normal. Yes. So Jacob and the other wolves in his Native American tribe, because of course, of course, the Native Americans are all werewolves. That's the way this works. The whites are vampires. The Native Americans are werewolves. They hate each other. Sure. Uh, So Jacob and the other wolves in the tribe must protect her from Victoria, who Lindsay mentioned, is the mate to James from the first one, because James dies and Victoria is mad. So she's going to seek the, uh, 
trying to go seek vengeance for James's death. Yes. And due to a misunderstanding, uh, that misunderstanding being that Bella decides to go cliff jumping. Yeah, so background... Bella can, like, see Edward's face whenever she does something, like, thrill-worthy. So she starts to, like, ride motorcycles and just do stupid shit. And Anytime she gets an adrenaline rush, she, he, see, she, she sees, sees him. him. Yeah. yeah. And so she jumps off of a cliff into a pool of water, and Edward assumes she has killed herself. And so he decides he's going to commit suicide by... Asking it's, the Voltori to kill him. Well, he well he asks the Voltori to kill him, and then they say no because they want his gift. Like they think that him reading minds is valuable. So then he he's decides gonna expose to expose himself, himself to. Oh, the background. Humans. You vampires. Keep background. <laughs> vampires in the series when they're in the sunlight, they glitter. glitter. So he wants to go expose himself to humans by going out in the sunlight. Yeah. So. He's going to commit suicide in Italy, but it's stopped because Edward's sister person, not really sister. Adopted sister. Adopted sister. Uh, Alice uh, goes to see Bella and they know, and Alice can see the future. That's her gift. <laughs> Background. <laughs> Background. <laughs> Alice can see the future. and Alice is the reason that Edward thought Bella killed herself. Is that... Yeah, because she saw it, and then she saw a funeral, and it wasn't her funeral. She, she told... saw Bella jumping off of the cliff, and then, and then she, she saw, saw a funeral. funeral. Yeah. Okay. The so funeral, honestly, this the, entire plot The funeral is was Jacob's dad, wasn't it? No. It was, like, somebody else. Like, Harry something. I don't know. It was the guy that was killed by Victoria, because she comes back uh-huh. to seek vengeance. The yeah. vampires are hunting it the all, humans. It all semi... This is a disaster. It all semi-clicks together. Okay, so <laughs> Edward thinks that Bella is dead. Edward's, Edward wants to die. Edward's trying to kill himself. Alice brings Bella to Italy to stop Edward from killing himself because obviously Bella's alive, not dead, and she doesn't want him to kill himself. Yes. They meet with the Volturi, who are like the super bougie OG vampires yeah, in Italy. Yeah, they're like the ruling family yes. or whatever. And they are released only on the condition that Bella has to be turned into a vampire at some point in the future. Yes. Because the entire... Because she knows. Because she knows. She knows yeah. too much. She knows way she too much. She knows too much. For a boring Um, girl. And then they all go back to Forks, and that's where it ends. Yes. All right. One thing I want to point out. The the werewolves are not lichens. So that comes into play later on. That they're not lichens? Yeah, it comes into play in Breaking Dawn. Hold on. It comes into play in Breaking Dawn. That they're not lichens? Yeah. It comes into play in Breaking Dawn. It comes into play in New Moon. They choose to turn into werewolves. No, but it comes into play that they're not lichens because the Volturi want to kill, like, they're pissed at them, at the Cullens for having, like, a pact with the sworn enemy of... No, vampires. It, no, it's not because they're lichens. The the entire no no they're pissed because they think that they have a pact with the sworn enemy of vampires, which like are lichens, moon, which are lichens, and then it comes out they're like we're not lichens, we choose to become wolves. Oh well, I just read this. That's fair. Regardless, I'm gonna point out now they're not, not lichens. They, they, they're shapeshifters. They're shapeshifters. Yeah, they want to be some big ass wolves. They want to be some ginormous wolves by choice. Yes. Mostly so that it's a plot point that you can see Jacob shirtless. Yes. 
Which we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to that. Uh, how many pins have we put in there? A lot. I've forgotten There's every a lot single of pins. pin that we've put in There's a lot of pins. All right. Let's go. We're, into- honestly, we're not going to come back to some of these pins because I forgot what they are already. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on to the third book. Eclipse. Yes. So Victoria, who we've mentioned in the last two summaries. Uh-huh. Maid of James, who was killed in the first one because yep. he was hunting Bella. Has not died yet, by the way. Victoria's not dead. Uh, she has created an army of newborn vampires to battle the Cullen family and murder Bella. Yes. Because now bitch is trying to get her revenge against the bitch that killed two her books boy. Later. Yeah, two books later. Um, at this point, Bella has decided she's going to pick Edward over Jacob. Mm-hmm. Because... And she's also freaking out because I think she's finally older than Jacob. Because he's 17 forever. That's what, oh, the, song, that's yeah. what the next song is about. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. It's not. <laughs> um, and so... <laughs> I mean, essentially, we know Jacob's in love with Bella, but Bella's still in love with Edward. And so she tells him that, and it's not pretty. Edward's vampire family and Jacob's werewolf pack join forces to, like destroy this new this group of newborn vampires at some point in the book edward proposes to bella and then jacob finds out and gets pissed about it and runs off and right that's that's where the book ends. that's where it ends victoria dies at some point not not as relevant to the plot point honestly like the whole thing with victoria like it was very anticlimactic it was gone um breaking dawn let's go uh bella and edward get married Bella and Edward get pregnant. Well, they go on their honeymoon, and then... The first time they have sex. Uh, uh, that's a plot point. <laughs> they have sex once. One time. One time. She gets a bunch of bruises. He freaks out because he's like, I'm gonna hurt you. Oh, no. Um, she gets pregnant immediately. And she... Is, like, carrying a half-human, half-vampire hybrid. And because of that, her pregnancy, like, rapidly progresses. And she is, like, dying. And, like, this vampire baby thing is, like, sucking the life out of her. Unintentionally. I mean, it's not, like, on purpose. Right. It's because a human body can't carry that, I guess. I don't know how it works. The logistics? I don't know. She has to drink vampire, or human blood, or blood in general to, like, satiate the baby. Oh, that's right. I forgot so about that. So she has to drink blood. Um, there's a point where Wolf. she, like, falls, placenta breaks off, Not has pretty. to give birth, breaks a bunch of bones. Edward injects his venom into her heart to save her. She semi-dies. Everyone thinks she dies. Jacob gets super sad. Um, but, so the baby's already born at this baby's point. baby's born at this point, yeah. So Jacob gets super sad. Um, a huge thing happens because everyone's like, you killed Bella, Bella's not dead, you created a huge, like, a, a vampire baby, Bella's alive as a vampire. Okay. Big fight. So, big fight. Um, obviously, Bella lives, is a vampire now, has a half-human, half-vampire baby named Renesme, yeah. which is named after her mom, Renee, and... Edward's, Edward's mom, adopted mom, adopted mom, whose name I don't really care about. Esme. Oh, that's what her name is? I don't remember. It's Renee and Esme put together. Renesme. Oof. Woof. Um, alright, so, a vampire from another coven sees Renesme and assumes that she's an immortal child, which means it's like, they assume that the Cullens turned an actual child into a vampire. Which is against the law because, like, immortal childs aren't 
they're like way too violent. Mortal children. (laughs) They're way too violent. Uncontrollable. Yeah, Yeah. they're uncontrollable. They ruined life for everyone. They destroyed villages. Yes. So they told the Volturi. This girl that saw Renesmee. Yes. Told the Volturi about all of this. Volturi come to kill the Collins and the baby. Yes. And the Collins have to go get like people to vouch for the fact that they didn't create an immortal child. Yep. The same time, at some point in this, Jacob imprints, which in like werewolf terminology or like animal terminology, whatever, means that he shapeshifter, sh- whatever, um, has found his soulmate. Yep. So this newborn is going to be his soulmate when she grows up. Yeah. Um, which combines their clans together and like forever packed kind of thing. Um, so I'm gonna the, use that phrase now. Forever, forever packed. packed. <laughs> um, so the lichen or the shapeshifters now. The not lichens. I know the not lichens are now embroiled in this whole thing, and they're trying to save her as well. Bella wakes up from becoming a vampire, finds out that he's imprinted, is pissed. Um, everybody's trying to save her. We've moved way past this. I you know. realize that right? everybody's trying to save her. Volturi Cub. Um, All right. Stop. <laughs> uh, so we've gotten to the point where all of the witnesses that can say that Renesmee is not an immortal child have showed up. The Volturi are there. They like kind of face off and they're trying to convince the Volturi that this kid has no real danger to the vampires, their secret, or humanity. Um, I think they get convinced that... The one guy can touch people and, like, see what's happening. Aro or whatever. So he, like, he's convinced that she's not an immortal child, but, like, he thinks that they're dangerous because... Uh, she's gonna be dangerous because there's no, like, she's prior gonna expose, background. Well, she's gonna expose right. them. Well, there's no other, like, background to a half-human, half-vampire hybrid. So, like, there's, like, what the fuck is so, this? So, Jasper and Alice go find this other guy that who is a half-human, half-vampire half hybrid... And they bring him to meet the Volturi yep. so that they, he can be like, yeah, no, I'm just 150 and I haven't caused any real problems oh. except for turning my aunt into a vampire. But like, you right. know, whatever. He's not been a harmful nuisance. Right. And so then the Volturi are like, yep, convinced. Let's go. And they just leave. And then that's, uh, that's how it ends. the end of the book. That's uh, how that goes. Very, also, all, all of it was pretty much anticlimactic, except for, uh, well, yeah, all of it. Really all yeah, of it. Yeah, all, all of it. Um, side note, in the movie Breaking Dawn, they... No, we're coming back to that. <laughs> coming back to that. <laughs> all right. Let's go to talking points, then. Okay. So we talked about how old you were when you first read it. Um, a interesting plot point that I thought was in these movies... Is the fact that they all drive like Volvos, and Edward drives a silver Volvo? Isn't that like a like a rich white person car? Not like a rich white person, like it's a like level a, off. It's a very like white person car. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah, and they talk about that car a lot yeah. in the first one. I thought that was great. No, um, I remember because she's like in the car with him multiple times. Anytime she like sees a silver Volvo, she just immediately assumes it's him. Yeah. Because people Did don't, we get, other people don't drive those. No, apparently no one else in all of the state of Washington drives a silver Volvo. Right. No specifics on model. Could be any silver Volvo. There's many of them. Yep. 
Um, I also wanted to mention that this book series is 10,000% a Stephanie Myers author insert piece. Yes. So, read that Mary Sue. Alright, so, this book series has been, like, blatantly called, been called, well, not the book series. Um, it's like the epitome of what a Mary Sue So, Bel- uh, the Bella Swan yeah. is... 10,000% the Mary Sue character. Yes. So if you were to explain what Mary Sue is to somebody Here, and they I, give an example and you say Bella Swan and they knew who that is, it's easy to understand. So That's what you did for me when you explained what a yeah, Mary Sue was. Yeah, so essentially a Mary Sue, for those of you unaware of the terminology, is comes from internet and fan fiction and stuff like that. But um, it it's essentially the author is inserting themselves into the story to create what is a quote-unquote perfect character. So an example would be like... Bella Swan. I mean, yes. But, um... Hold on. The reason that it's considered a Mary Sue is because she, like, fits into this world so perfectly. No perfect person is that perfect. All of a sudden, you know, she shows up out of the middle of nowhere and all these guys are obsessed with her. Mm -hmm. All these girls want to be her friend. Yeah, it's just nobody fits in that well. It's that kind of thing. Um, It is essentially saying, like, this character is a 2D puppet of the author and whatever, like, the author, it's whatever the author wishes they were or, like, thinks that they are portrayed as. Essentially, it's, like, where the concept comes from. So, the reason that this is so well known as a Stephanie Meyer insert is because the way that she has described the character, like, verbally, like, the amount of details are oddly, not, they're very similar to how Stephanie Myers actually looks. Okay. I mean, not, like, perfect, right. but the amount of detail that she has thought into this character. So, like, let me read a quote from Stephanie herself. So, she says, In my head... Bella is very fair-skinned with long, straight, dark brown hair and chocolate brown eyes. Her face is heart-shaped, a wide forehead with a widow's peak, large, wide-spaced eyes, prominent cheekbones, and then a thin nose and narrow jaw with a pointed chin. Her lips are a little out of proportion and a bit too wide for her jawline. Her eyebrows are darker than her hair and more straight than they are arched. She's five foot four inches tall, slender but not at all muscular, and weighs about 115 pounds. She has stubby fingernails because she's a nervous habit of biting them, and that's your very detailed description. Like, that's real fucking detailed. Um, so if you look at, like, if you were to look at a picture of Stephanie Meyer, which I don't know why anyone would, because that seems like a waste of time... Um, she's, looks somewhat similar to that. I mean, not entirely, but she's clearly writing herself into the books and living out her fantasies of boys desiring her in these books. Oof. And, um, she actually has said herself that when she, she went to high school, she was like very mousy and like a wallflower and was not attractive to guys, but then went out of state to college and all of a sudden was getting dates every single night. Like, that was, like, the entire... That's, like, the entire beginning of this book series is that Bella leaves, you know, her comfort of Arizona 
and then goes to like a northern, you know, changes for high school. And all of a sudden, she's like the most attractive person in the entire world. And these people in Washington. So that was one reason a lot of people had a hard time with this book. I mean, it's not well written. No. Either. It's not well written. I honestly, so I'm not a Twilight fan. I don't really understand like the hype around it. I don't understand why so many girls were obsessed with it. I mean, I get, I mean, part of it is um, I didn't particularly care for how possessed. Trigger warning, possessive Edward is, and I didn't, like, maybe it's because I was always so independent and girls thought it was, like, kind of attractive to have a guy that, like, cares about them, quote-unquote cares about them, and it's all about them. For me, it always came off that he was, like, possessive, obsessed, like, just, I would never want to date somebody like that. So, I think, I don't know. I never thought that Edward, as a character, was attractive. See, so... Whereas, like, everyone's, like, Edward's ideal. Like, get, find you an Edward. So, I was very obsessed with Twilight when it came out. I mean, I read it, like, right when it came right. out, too. You have to remember that. So, I was, like, in it to win it since day one. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's because I... Part of it was because I refused to because of the Harry yeah. Potter thing. And then, as an, like, when I finally read it, I was older. Yeah, you were a little bit older. I mean, a little bit. You were a couple years older than I was when I first read it. I was probably... Yeah. 11 or 12. Yeah, I was like 17. And being a... I was never, like, independent whatsoever. I was... I mean, I wasn't shy when I was younger, but I was... We've talked about this in previous episodes. Like, I did not have the easiest middle school Yeah, you could relate to... You could, like, insert yourself into that almost. Yes. And, and I that, never had boys interested in me. So, yeah. like, reading Twilight and, like, hearing that story, I'm like, I would love to have this happen because I am, like, made fun of by guys for how weird I am and how no one likes me. Like, that's why Twilight, for me, like... It was like an escape. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, other things were an escape as well. Right. But, like... But it was, like, this, it this, was if the it thing. can happen for her, it can happen for anybody kind of thing. Yeah. That's very much where I was. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I was 11... Probably when mm-hmm. I first read it, so it's very different. I mean, than if now. I were eleven, I think at the where I was when I was eleven, I probably would have felt the same way. Yeah, but I didn't read it until I was seventeen, and I was yeah. in a different. You were in a much different place, place. at seventeen than you exactly. would have been at eleven. Yeah. I wasn't an awkward preteen. Yeah, so I very much wanted. Like, I was very on board for all the things that were I about get to it. happen. I get that actually, and. Um, one thing that's really interesting is, so I didn't know this until today, uh, Stephanie Meyer is a Mormon. Yep. And I actually, so I knew that, and I've read things about how she brought her own, like, ph- like philosophies into it, which is why um, Edward and Bella waited till they got married to have sex, why they got married so young. So, obviously, like we said, she's, Stephanie Meyer has uh, openly said that her Mormonism has influenced her work. Right. She says that the characters tend to think more about where they came from and where they're going, which, you know, would, is different than, like, they don't live in the now. They live, like, they think about, like, what their past was and what their future was. Is that a Mormon thing? I don't know. That's what she says in, in direct quotes. I don't know. I'm not Mormon. No, I, the I, only thing I know about Mormonism is from the Book of Mormon and that they can't have tea or caffeine or any of that. Okay. That's about all I know of Mormonism Got and it. sister wives. <laughs> Got it. Um, So she says she steers her work away from subjects of sex, despite the romantic nature in the novels. Um, 
Yeah, because I mean, she doesn't consciously intend for her novels to be Mormon influenced, but because they obviously promote abstinence and spiritual purity. Oof. It, yeah, oof is right. <laughs> um, like, it, the funny thing is, is, you know how many girls were like repressed masturbating to Edward Cullen. Put a pin in that. <laughs> we're going to come back to that. <laughs> How many goddamn pins are there? There's a lot of pins. All right. So, um, these originally, so like I said earlier, you know, Stephanie Meyer had this dream, whatever. Um, she has said that these books were inspired by other books that she read. So the first one is inspired by like Pride and Prejudice. Second one, she says has been influenced by Romeo and Juliet. Um, I get that in the second one. I forget what she said the third one was, but the fourth one was A Midsummer's Night's Dream by Shakespeare, which I don't get whatsoever, because I've read that as well. I mean, but... I get the second one, of her, like, to an extent, of Edward wanting to, like, sacrifice himself because he thought she was dead. That's definitely a Yeah, oh, absolutely. It. But that's really the extent of it. Oh, here it is. Um, Pride and Prejudice, Romeo and Juliet, Eclipse is based off of Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heights? Wuthering Heights. Yeah, that one. Um, and they directly reference that in the books, word for word, by the way. Yeah, I know. They reference all of these. Now that I look back, they're constantly referencing these books that she has said inspired her to write this, if you think Oof. about it. Because like, there's an entire Romeo and Juliet like discussion point uh-huh. in the second one, isn't it? I think so. Right. All right, next point. <laughs> Alright, so, back to another trigger warning. So, like you mentioned, Edward is, looking at it, Edward's pretty... Fucking possessive and... Controlling. Obsessive. Yeah. So, actually, according to the National Domestic Violence Hotline, um, Bella and Edward's relationship meets all 15 of the criteria that they have set for an abusive relationship. Not surprising. So that's the thing that, for me, as an adult looking back especially, is kind of scary, is that, like, so many girls thought this was, like, the greatest love story and that, like, idealized version of a man was Edward, but it's not. Like, it was just teaching girls what... It was It was a bad... It was a bad message for girls. Oh, uh, spoiler alert, this has affected my personal life, so I absolutely agree that it has been an awful message to have received at that young of an age. Right, which is why I'm glad that, like, I never, never read it when I was younger, obviously. Because did this directly affect teenage Stephanie? You bet your ass it did. Did not directly affect teenage Lindsay, because she took forever to read it. Yeah, so, this book was... I mean, yes, it was essentially written for my age group. Right, but, but you were one it, of the groups, like, you were one of those girls that idealized Edward. Oh, absolutely. And that it was a bad message for you. And you absolutely. are like, living proof of how, like, of the fact that it was a bad message. Oh, yeah, I can tell you, absolutely. Those books and series in general is an awful message for yeah. girls. Like, it is horrendous. And, yeah, like, it tells you that your worth is based on the man. Yeah. And that without him, you're nothing. Yeah. Because she felt when he left, she was, she was a mess. Yeah, absolutely. She was, she was nothing down to nothing. To the point where she was willing to, like, do all this, like, stuff that was outside of the norm. To try and get some attention to, from him, potentially. Yeah. yeah, and to feel something. Like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's heartbreaking. 
it's heartbreaking to think that girls read this when they were at an impressionable age. Yeah. Oh, cause you, like I said, I was one of them. Uh, it's interesting to see how I, I'm glad that I turned out to be a healthy, independent adult, but I could easily have seen myself like knowing the impression that this had on me in that young of an age. Thinking that that's the way you should have been. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely could have ended up in that kind of disastrous situation. Mm-hmm. So, and the other hard part is that because Bella was like essentially a reader slash author insert, it's thinking, very easy to insert yourself into that situation. But it's also easy to think that you need to be like that—that that you yeah. need to be subservient and that you need to be boring and let people walk all over you. Yeah, uh, she's Bella's kind of a doormat. The most boring character. She is the worst character in the entire book right, series. Right, which is why she's meant to be, like, an insert. Yeah, so let's switch into the fun part. Yes. Which is the reason we're talking about this. <laughs> let's go into the movies. Yes. So, let's not do a plot review of the movies. You know, you know what it's happens. It's basically the same. Y'all know There's what happens. There's a few different pieces. Not really, though. Can I read through a list I found of the 15 most cringeworthy moments yes, in the Twilight movies? Please do. Alright, so this article came out in June of 2017 on ScreenRant.com. So I'm gonna go from 15 to 1, because it's real fun. Alright. 15. Jacob Jacob oof. Jacob imprints on Renesmee. Yes. Awkward. Because she was an infant. Yes. In the book, she was an infant. In the movie, she was, like, newborn. Got like, it. out of the womb. Yeah. He looks in her eyes, imprints. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Although, no, no, although, but, side note, she can age as rapidly as she wants, right? She just, I don't think it's as much as she wants. Well, I think she, she just age ages rapidly. rapidly. Right, but she can stop what she wants to stop, I think. I don't remember that being a part of it, but I sure. I mean, I might be confusing... A different series with this, but yeah, she ages rapidly. So like, she goes from infant to adult in less than eighteen years, of course. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Not I mean, in less than like six months, she's like five, right? She's so. an animatronic for the first. I mean, she is. She is an animatronic for the first three years of her life. Yeah. All right, number fourteen. Um, Edward is attracted to Bella's blood because it dot 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 smelled good. Oof. That's just very weird. He, if you think about it, it's weird because his only description as to why he's so into her in general is because her blood smells good. Otherwise, he has no attraction to her whatsoever. She's boring. She's boring. But apparently having good smelling blood is enough to do it nowadays. I mean, listen, Cedric Diggory was heartbroken after Cho Chang <laughs> and after losing the Triwizard Tournament, so he had to go find someone to fill the void. He did. He really did. Um, during Bella and Edward's first kiss, Bella cannot move. Edward tells her to stay very still and don't move. Because he cannot control himself. Yeah. I have a question for the end of this. Okay. Number 12. Edward watches Bella while she sleeps. He'll, like, be in her room watching her while she sleeps. Number 11, Edward shames Bella for wanting sex. That's the Mormon writing right there. Slut shaming, man. Fuck you. Girls like sex, too. Well, I mean, if you think about it, and I think this is actually a fair point, 
Edward became a vampire in 1918. I mean, I get it. Yeah. So he's obviously... Also, though, like, I mean, I obviously understand that his weird view on sex, but, like, dude, you've been living for... He's a 17-year-old virgin. A hundred years. He's a 17-year-old virgin. Yeah. For, like, 150 years. Yeah, a hundred years. A hundred years. So, why... You haven't learned anything over those hundred years? Like, obviously, you've been 17 yeah, for a hundred years. Yeah, like, that's another author insert where, like, you want the first time you do it with... Someone to be special? Yeah, Well, like, that. you want it to be both of your first times for some reason. I I didn't want that. Oh, obviously. I definitely didn't want that. But some people want that, and I that was her insert, that she wanted her first time to be with a virgin, too. All right, so, number ten, um... Bella, Jacob, and Mike go on a, to the movies together, and it's meant to be a date between Mike and Bella, but she Bella invites all of their other friends, yep. and everyone bails but Jacob. Yep. So when Jacob third wheels their date... This is back date. when Taylor Lautner had the long hair. This is the first movie. Yeah. Back to the list. Uh, yeah, that was real awkward. That was awkward. Because it was meant to be like... All their friends came, and everyone bails, and then it's just Jacob and Mike, and then Jacob's obviously trying to make it into a date between just him and Bella to make Mike the third wheel, but obviously it's meant to be a date between Mike and Bella. Oof. All right, number nine. Jacob forcibly kissing Bella during Eclipse. Yes. So... This is after he saves her from the cliff dive, or... No, so this is in Eclipse. That That was The cliff dive is New Moon. Yeah. So, at the beginning of Eclipse... Uh, Jacob tells Bella that he loves her and wants him to choose her, her her. to choose him over Edward. She says she doesn't love him and he he says he doesn't believe her and she just won't admit her feelings for him and then he kisses her and Bella's mad and then she punches him in the face afterwards. Honestly though, right response on her part. Right. Alright, next one. Jacob has to keep Bella warm in front of Edward. Because obviously, Edward's warm, cold. <laughs> yeah, Edward is dead and is cold. And this is, they're like on the mountain in the second? Is this his third, third? one? I think it's, I think it's the third one. She, she, she's still human, so it's got to be the third one. Yeah. Um... They're hiding on top of a snowy mountain, and of course, Bella, being an idiot, didn't pack enough winter clothing. It gets dangerously cold. Still has long hair, though, so second? This is just, I think, a picture. I don't think it's... Oh. This, I don't think, is when it happened. I think it happened in the third one, because Jacob was, like, very smug about it. Yeah. So it had to have been the third one. Yeah. This this list, for listeners, is deceiving, because the picture is from the first film, not the third film. Yeah. Anyways... Um, number seven. Bella asks Jacob to kiss her, and Edward hears Jacob's thoughts. So this is in the beginning of Breaking Dawn, and it's after, um, Jacob knows that Edward and Bella are getting married, and so he, like, runs off into the forest, and then Bella asks him to kiss her, and he does, and then he ruins it by bringing up their first kiss, which is when she punched him in the face. And then Edward hears the whole thing and says, Jacob's thoughts were pretty loud. Got it. Whole disaster. Uh, (laughs) Number six. Jacob strips down in front of Charlie before revealing that he's a werewolf. This is the famous scene of Taylor Lautner where he's like, in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. So he 
tells Bella's dad that he's a werewolf and he's totally shirtless the whole time. Yep. It's just another excuse to see him shirtless. Yep. Yep. Number five. Uh, Edward hurts Bella the first time they have sex. Oof. 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 Everyone, uh... The first time they have sex, he, like, breaks the headboard, breaks everything in the room. Obviously, he's never had sex, and he's been a vampire, so it's a whole disaster. And yeah. he's a human, and, he's and like gets super bruised, strong, and, and she, like... Yeah, he hurts her, freaks out. Whole disaster. Yes. She still gets pregnant. Uh, number four. Everyone knows the entire details of Edward and Bella's sex life. Because everyone's got to try and figure out what to do, because obviously she's she pregnant. she got pregnant the first time. Yeah. Uh, number three... Sam imprints on Emily while he's dating Leah. Yes. That's a big oof. That's a big oof. That's a disaster. <coughs> this whole imprinting thing is a disaster. Yeah, it was a bad plot point. Um, everything about Renesme. I agree with that one 100. That's name, number one. It's the name. Um, the animatronic. The animatronic. Um... And printing on her as an infant, as a newborn. So here's the way it worked. Um, Mackenzie Foy was the main actress portraying her when she was a young girl. But because the character is supposed to grow really fast, they had other actresses play her at different ages. And her, Mackenzie Foy's face was superimposed onto all of these other actresses' faces. Yep. Which is why the CGI is just so bad. It's so bad. The baby is the worst. The one that looks... Yeah. Yeah, the one is the worst. Um, Number one. Jasper and Alice... Hold on. Jasper and Alice and Emmett and Rosalie are dating their adopted siblings. Wasn't it written that they were dating and then they got adopted? No, they were adopted first. Oh, ew. No, I mean, regardless, I mean, they're not which related, way it happened, it's still weird. But the fact that, like, they're known at this high school, high school, <laughs> like, that they're oh, dating the, their significant that. other is their adopted sibling. Like, they're known as being together, even though, like, everyone also knows they are adopted siblings. I forgot about that. I mean, technically, yes. And they... people didn't think it was that weird in the book. No, no one makes it weird. But like in reality, that, that shit is so weird. Fucking weird. Is that that's why it's number one? Yeah, I get it. Well, the way the way they describe it, I mean, like obviously, like knowing the vampire side of it, yes, I think right. they met first. But because they are portrayed no. as the adopted no, I children I of this couple, no, I get it's it. real fucking weird. Um, I just think it's weirder that nobody thinks it's weird. Yeah, no one acknowledges the fact that, like, yeah. it's weird. I agree with that. Do you have, like, a favorite moment that you can remember in the Twilight movies? No. Maybe Taylor Lautner without a shirt on? <laughs> so, question, actually. Were you... You were Team Edward. Absolutely. I was Team Jacob. Oh, I was absolutely Team Edward. I was Team Jacob. But mostly because I got that. Like, I was like... I love that angst right now. When I, so, when I read it, obviously I was a teenager. Yeah, I was you were older teenager. than I was. I was very angsty, and I loved the heartbreak. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I was big but, Team Edward. But I'm also... I'm Team... 
Robert Pattinson. Team Arpats? Yeah. I'm Team Robert Pattinson, not Team Taylor Lautner, but Team Jacob over Team Edward. They're both bad, but... Team Robert Pattinson. (laughs) Let's let's get into Robert Pattinson. If you ask me what my favorite thing about the Twilight franchise is, it's Robert Pattinson's hatred for the Twilight Pat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. I loved watching interviews where he would talk shit about it and talk shit about Stephanie Meyer and somehow didn't get fired. I loved it. Nobody hates Twilight as much as Robert Pattinson hates Twilight. I mean, that's fair. It's very fair. Yeah. I constantly also still say it's still a better love story than Twilight. I'm pretty sure I posted an Instagram story on one on our on the Drunken Uncultured Instagram that was like, beer is still a better love story than Twilight. Probably. We say that a lot. <laughs> Um, so the movies came out when I was, I remember I was a sophomore in high school when the first movie came out. Okay. So in 2008. And my friends and I went to the midnight premiere. Oof. I told you. My friends Big Twilight fan. So I didn't see, the only one I ever saw in theaters was New Moon because my friends dragged me to go see it. Had you seen the first one before that? Yeah, I had seen okay, it. Okay, I didn't know if you had no, seen, I'd seen it or seen it, you just I'm like blind. DVD or something with a friend. But... Um, no, they dragged me to go see it. Like, I did I never wanted to pay money, but they were like, no, you're coming. So they made me go. Um, yeah, I... think I, I saw all five in theaters. I remember getting into fights with people because of the whole splitting, um, uh, Breaking Dawn into two. And I was like, you're not Harry Potter. There's not enough content for this. And I still believe that. Uh, so... The way that they did the Breaking Dawn Part 2 was so much better than I expected. So, like, the way that they did the entire fight scene, which obviously in the book that doesn't happen, and so they added that in, and that was, like, a third of the movie was the giant-ass fight scene. Right. And I thought that was really well done. And that was, like, my favorite part of the entire, like, right. all of that. Right, so right. I think it was really fun the way they did it. But um, I understand, like, if they were to have gone just by the book, yeah. absolutely there's not enough content right. for two movies. Yeah. Ugh. But the way they did the second movie, I mean, the second movie was higher grossing than the first. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first one was kind of, like, all the Do romance. You get into that piece about how... Um, Twilight kind of killed. Oh, yeah. So. Mm-mm. Since we're talking about it? Yes. So, uh, obviously Twilight is one of the first, I would say, young adult books that really the- became huge movie-wise. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like, you and I were discussing this earlier. Like, yes, Harry Potter was, like, written for our age group. But it's not written in the same style it's as a, what would be classified so, a young adult agreed. novel. It's a children's novel that we grew up with. And yeah. so like we, we followed it through. I just think that, like, Harry Potter was written... I mean, like, obviously it's written in a more, even, like, adult fashion. Yeah. Like, yes, the story about children, but, like, adults can read it and mm-hmm. it doesn't sound... It's not, like... Typical young adult yeah. fiction. So I was going to say... there's like a love story. Like the typical young adult fiction. The definition of a young adult fi- of young adult fiction is um, novels, movies, TV shows focused on the perspective of a young teen protagonist who is typically a goody-two-shoes, Mary Sue type character 
living in some type of dystopian-ish setting for some reason. <laughs> um, they are the leader of a rebellion of a totalitarian government, uncover a government conspiracy, seek to liberate people of his or her own dystopian nation, or is involved with some type of fantastical character in a romantic setting. Yeah, I mean, that checks boxes for, like, all of yeah. yeah. Often this is a cheap way of writing story uh, because of the intended audiences are tween age girls, teenagers, even college students, because these age groups are easily impressed with narrow storytelling and narratives that play into their sense of grandiosity. Okay, that makes Ooh, sense. that hits hard. That does hit hard. I definitely read young adult fiction into college. It becomes worse with another form of YA fiction that focuses on the romantic angst. Yep. Among fantasy monsters like vampires, zombies, werewolves, etc. Many of these romantic YA novels tend to focus on bland and one-dimensional characters with extremely banal... <laughs> Fuck, I've been drinking too much. I mean, we did disclaim that we I know. were drunk starting um, Characters with extremely bizarre scenarios of drama or teenage angst that are supposedly, air quotes, relatable, (laughs) but are really far-fetched from being relatable to any IRL person. Yeah, so we talked about this earlier, that Twilight was the first young adult series, because Harry Potter is obviously not young adult. We're not considering it young adult. That took the last novel, broken into two, and like really... Broken into two what? Broken into two movies, thank you. Um, that really capitalized on the young adult. And when we say young adult, we mean like teenage. Yeah, the teen- mostly teenage. The teenage, um, early college, like still teenage. Mostly, mostly high school, middle school. Yeah, I mean some early college. Yeah. I got into the like, other um, fan base yeah. and like really capitalized on the fact that they were willing to spend money or like their parents are willing to spend give them money to spend yeah. on the series right um first and only really successful one though if you think about it because like we talked about how hunger games obviously did a part one and part two but part two of mocky j but did worse part two did worse uh divergent did so poorly that they never finished it. Say, like, the Maze Runner still isn't finished. Yeah. Like, the big ones that we know about... Like, still franchise-wise. Franchise-wise, still haven't hit that level of success. Also, Twilight uh, Mortal Instruments, yeah. they killed Shadowhunters. So, yeah. I mean, the first Mortal Instruments movie was garbage, and then they made Shadowhunters, which was better garbage, because I still watched it. Uh, but that show's canceled. That show's done. Yeah, so, like, they... Twilight's still, like is the first and really the only one to successfully capitalize on that. And, oh, I thought of another one. Um, so I saw this movie when I was in high school, and I never read the books, but I know it's based off a book franchise called I Am Number Four. Yeah. It was a similar thing. It was they only the did one. one. They, yeah. 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 Um, that that movie soundtrack had Kings of Leon on it. <laughs> I couldn't tell you why it did so well. I mean... It was a good movie. Not I Am Number 4, but I mean Twilight. Oh, Twilight? Yeah, no, I, I, couldn't tell I Am Number 4 was a good no, movie. I, I, just mean, didn't... I couldn't tell you why Twilight is the first and only to really successfully I think it's because it was the first. Yeah, I get it. And everybody was trying to follow that business model, but... Yeah, I think everyone was trying to follow that model. And honestly, though, 
none of these book series have had the breakthrough that Twilight did. And again, right. I think it's because it was the first. Yeah. And then people were like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. I get that. Um, because Hunger Games, I mean, okay. Hunger Games, I've read all the books. I did too. I love the books. The, the way it ended was garbage. That ending was a cop-out, and the first two books were fantastic. The I third book that. was trash. I agree with that. It was very anticlimactic. But this is not a Hunger Games episode. I think... I'm going to get into it. I think the Hunger Games did a very... Like, the books did a very good job of... Something that Harry Potter didn't was... Uh, I'm sorry... The Hunger Games did a very good job of something that Harry Potter didn't do. Okay, I wanted to make sure you didn't intention, you didn't mean to say Twilight. You no, said- no, something that Harry Potter didn't do was to explore the post-traumatic distress that the characters, yeah, in any situation would have. I would say that's undergone. fair. Off topic, but that's why I like the Hunger Games so much, and I, I love the movies. I think the movies. I was the first. One. I think the movies are better than the books. I think the third one was terrible. The third, mocking. I think Mockingjay as a book was not great, but I love the fact that they focused so heavily on her post, like her PTSD. Um, I yeah, I only saw the first movie. I read all the books, but I saw the first movie. I I think that it was really interesting that they did that, but let's see. The thing is, you say that the hunger, the third Hunger Games was a cop out. And again, we shouldn't be talking about Hunger Games when we're going we're to. We're going to. Um, I think that it made sense because by the third one, you realize that like she's she's not gonna she's not gonna be the one that fixes everything. And I no, like that. So I like that they are like she's the face of ever the face of the rebellion. Rebellion, but she's not actually leading it. It's she's just like the face of it because what you read about it is like she's not leading it. She's the face of it. Like, what you read about young, yeah. uh, young adult Leading fiction. the rebellion, yeah. Yeah, she's not, though. Because in real, like, any real-life situation, any realistic situation, you're not going to have, like, a 16-year-old lead the rebellion. They're going to be the... Like, if, if, it ma- if it happens, they're going to be the face of it, but they're not the ones calling the shots. Which I kind of liked about that, because Katniss wasn't reader insert. Or author insert. That's fair. I would I would say I would agree with that. So I think that it was disappointing because you're reading about her PTSD, and you're, there's not a ton of action. But I don't know. I just thought the fact the way they ended it just made me upset. With it wasn't it built up to this like the way the oh, second absolutely. book ended had this huge building. Yeah, and the third book to me just it fell apart. It I, didn't. Leave, I it did not follow the same model the first two books wrote were written with and i think that's why i consider the third book to be a piece of trash because they built the first two books were so good no i get that and they did such a good job with building this universe and building the maze runner is trash because i've never read the maze runner the first one the the first two follow the same kind of model where like they're trying to get through something and then the third one's just like it's all broken down and this is the end yeah um which is like what happens with the hunger games as well um, Twilight does not follow any of that. No, Twilight's, Twilight's just a, a romantic, romance novel yeah. for like young adults. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's like a fucking Nora Roberts novel for tweens. Who is that? Nora Roberts. She's like a very famous adult romance writer. Oh, okay. Uh, she writes. Like does a- she write the books where Fabio's on the cover? <laughs> I don't 
think so. Oh, I know Fabio is no, on the cover. she's a very she's a very famous like adult romance novel where there's a ton of sex. Like, well, yeah, Fabio is on all of those covers. Do you know who Fabio is? I do know who Fabio is. Um, yeah, no, Twilight. See, Twilight is less like fantasy young adult than it is just like romance young adult, and I think maybe that's why it did better than the fantasy young adults that we are familiar with. Yeah. So, we talked earlier how Robert Pattinson hates everything about these movies, but, uh, I'd like to talk about the maybe fake, maybe not fake relationship between him and Kristen Stewart. Yeah, I think it's important to discuss because... They came out as being in a relationship for a while, and there was a ton of drama that went down. Yeah, so... And people have claimed, I mean, you and I, I know, both think otherwise, but I think we should explain that people believe that their relationship was faked for yeah. movie publicity. Um, so, I guess, before we get into that, we obviously have to touch on the fact that Kristen Stewart has come out as a bisexual. Yes. Um, and has recently been known to be dating... Mostly women. Mostly women, yes. yes. She's dated St. Vincent. Yep. And then Cara Delevingne, I think. <laughs> Everybody's dating Everyone's Cara. dating Cara Delevingne. Um, yeah, so I think the big... One of the big reasons for that people think that... For people thinking that it was a publicity stunt was because she's come out as, as bisexual. Yeah, and um, she's been But before she dating clarified women. the fact that she was bisexual, people thought she was just a lesbian. Right. Um, so I think she ha- I think part of the reason that she clarified that she's bisexual... Was to clarify that, yes, that relationship was real. I that absolutely... she is not just into women. Do you believe their relationship was real? I do. I don't think I do. You, I do, too. I don't think that you date somebody for... You fake date somebody for two years. You live with them. Like, I, I don't think that that's fake. Also, it ended because of a guy. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was a fake relationship. Maybe it started because of publicity. Maybe not. I don't think so. I mean, we've had this discussion earlier today. Yeah. Where, I mean, if you're... They did this series for what like five years well they started the i mean the movie came out in 2008 so they had to be filming it before then 2007 and when did the last one come out 2012 12 i think so, so for at least five, and then press afterwards yeah, for so they, five years they're thrust together and they are playing this romantic partnership um, they're doing they're, press they're together. Doing press together. They have to have this chemistry to make it believable. On screen, I mean, it wasn't believable. Talk about put no. a pin in it. No, put a pin in it. Um, they're doing like they're they're they have they're so close together. It's hard to not have feelings for somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, for one, for two, like I think that it's hard to fake that. For so long, yeah, it's I, they spent so much time together, and I, I, t- I believe that if you spend enough time with someone in that kind of like environment context, yeah. where you're trying to pretend that you are in a relationship with them, or you're act, I mean, they're like never gonna pin out. Even if you don't have chemistry, you have to fake the chemistry. Right. Eventually, it becomes real. Yeah, because you are to fake it, you have to believe it's there. So. I think that it's. I think it was a real relationship. I think that if anything, it was capitalized on by the production company for publicity. Absolutely, I think it was cap. I think their relationship that was growing and then turned into like a real relationship yeah. was, you know, capitalized on and, and monetized. Then, yeah. yeah, and then you know like, maybe that's what like fucked it up. I mean, I think that's part of it. I probably mean, Kristen Stewart has openly said that you know it didn't seem real. 
yeah. after a while. Like, it no longer seemed real because everyone wanted it. And so many people had their hands in, yeah. you know, like, trying to, like, make this a thing. Trying to monetize it. It, it didn't yeah. feel like a real relationship anymore. Yeah. So, I, I personally believe it was real. I don't, Like I said, I don't think that you make... I don't think that you can live with somebody that you have a fake relationship with. No, like, they with. lived together. Yeah. Yeah. They had a life together. Yeah. I don't think you build a life together. Like, for... I don't think you can fake build a life together. No, I don't either. I think that if you're in a fake relationship, it lasts maybe a couple months. Because, like, yeah. there have been those. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't know. You think about that Tom Cruise contract, though. <laughs> Oof. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it lasts that long if it's fake. I think that it's... I think it was real. I do, too. I really do. Next topic. Um, I will say, though, I think it was... Everything that went down, I think, was pretty sad. I mean, like, obviously, like, we know Robert Pattinson was very, like, hurt mm-hmm. by Kristen Stewart doing whatever. Yeah. They were photographed kissing, yeah, but, like, was that a thing? Was that for publicity? Whatever it was, Robert Pattinson seemed pretty hurt. Yeah. And, I mean... He, I love they, his Mar Pats. He's hot I do, too. He's dated some of the hottest women. He was engaged to FKA Twigs. I know. And she is so hot. I know. I mean, Kristen Stewart's pulling, too, so they're both pulling. Kristen Stewart's pretty attractive, despite having one facial expression, so... I mean, she does have one facial expression. She has gotten better. If we're... We're gonna talk about Case Stew. Her acting has gotten better recently. Alright, you know what? Let's go. Let's move on to this. Um, I think Twilight... Let's talk about how where these people ended up. Yeah, so Twilight, obviously, Kristen Stewart was... Arguably the most famous person coming into it. Um, a hundred percent. Um, with Robert Pattinson being the next one, I guess. Maybe Taylor Lautner? I Taylor think... Lautner was not yeah, so maybe, anyone. Maybe Robert Pattinson, because he was Cedric Diggory first. Um, Kristen Stewart has come a long way, because I think that in Twilight she was awful. Yeah. Um, I think she's doing a lot better now. Robert Pattinson is obviously huge. Taylor Lautner... Kind of just dropped off. Taylor Lautner, like, fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. I think, honestly, Anna Kendrick is the most famous one to come out of that. Um, I actually would almost beg to differ. Bryce Dallas Howard. She was, oh my god. I was gonna say, so the, the, the Actually, I think Anna Kendrick is more famous than she is. I don't know. I think, yes, Pitch Perfect is super famous, but Bryce Dallas Howard is in the Jurassic Park franchise. Okay, but... And she was in... Oh, Mike, I, actually, I take that back. Michael Sheen's the most famous person who have been in that show. Yes. So Bryce Dallas Howard also has a famous dad. Does she? Oh, her dad's Ron Howard. Ron Howard. I didn't know that until I just looked it up on Wikipedia I right now. I only know that because of Arrested Development. Um, oh. Bryce Dallas Howard also has a famous dad. So, like, unknown people to come out of that, Anna Kendrick. I think That's Bryce fair. Dallas Howard probably would have made it big. Did you know... I didn't realize this until just now. Bryce Dallas Howard plays Victoria. Yeah. I didn't know that. There's two actors for Victoria. Uh, I did know that. Yeah. Okay. I knew that. They replaced her after the first one. I did know that. Um, I'll, I, I think the most famous person they got in this show... Uh, I don't know. Dakota Fanning is pretty famous, too. Yeah, but let's talk Let's talk the first one where it was okay. unknown. Yeah. Because, okay. like, after after that, obviously, Kristen Stewart started to blow up, Robert Pattinson started to blow up, Anna Kendrick kind of dropped off for a little bit, and then and it blew, then it blew up. up. Yeah. Um, I think 
totally Anna Kendrick is legitimately the most famous person. I think Michael Sheen. Well, most unknown starting off in Okay, this. that's fair. Like, that's I'm fair. Not, in, not including famous people that were in it before they were, like, famous okay, that's before fair. they were in it. People that were in this then became mm, famous. I still think Robert Pattinson. I don't think so. I think that Anna Kendrick is doing more. Well, Robert right Pattinson, now? Robert Pattinson has fucking died, like, died off as well, because, like, he's in a movie coming out not too long from now. Okay. Okay. What's the last thing Anna Kendrick did? Pitch Perfect 3. Or however many fucking Pitch Perfect movies there are. I'm over Pitch Perfect. I mean, I am too, but I think Anna Kendrick... That's like the last thing she's done. I don't think so. Most famous person to be in a Twilight movie, I think, is Michael Shane. I agree with that. I agree with that. Or... Dakota Fanning? From, I mean... No, Michael Sheen is more famous than Dakota Fanning. I mean, yeah. I love Michael, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen than Dakota Fanning. I love Michael Sheen. That's really what it is. Underworld. Yeah. He's in the new Good Omens coming out this year. He's like... He's also Michael Sheen, so... He's also in a Not serious relationship. Martin Sheen. Not to be confused with Martin Sheen. He's in a serious relationship, like, long-term with Sarah Silverman. No. Did you not know that? They've been together for, like, a good while. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, They're still together. What's the next topic? Um, Alright, let's talk about, I think, our favorite part of all of this. Let's talk about the music that came out of these movies. Oh, my. So, I think think we talked about this in our soundtrack soundtrack episode. episode. How Twilight was kind of, like, the reemergence of the importance of a soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean... Or at least the reemergence of one that, that impacted us. Yes. In our age group. Well, reemergence of like solid soundtracks. Yeah. For a long time, they were like, I don't you know, got for about of, ten years. Like you got at least a lot of years. scores. Yeah. You got some. It's like ones that like there were movies in the there were songs in the movie, but like they weren't curated for it or anything. Like yeah, that. they weren't as well. They weren't as much like they weren't well like well thought out. Yeah, there was an effort put into it. That or it was like a movie musical because right. like, when we were younger, it was a lot of like movie musical stuff. Yes. Um, so, we got Decode by Paramore, which is your only, the only Paramore song It's the only Paramore song that I like. I mean, we have Muse. Okay, so I do have to point out that my favorite band of all time is, I think, on three of the five. Okay. If not four of the five. Supermassive Black Hole was actually used in the film during the baseball scene, too. And then the second, uh, other really good songs about the first one is Spotlight by Mute Math. I really liked. Decode by Paramore. Eyes on Fire by Blue Foundation. I Caught Myself by Paramore. <laughs> um, and then I also really like, uh, Flightless Bird American Mouth by Iron and Wine. Yeah. Also Full Moon by The Black Ghosts. Underrated song. Also R.I.P. Chester Bennington. Uh, Leave Out All the Rest by Linkin Park was on the first one. Uh, second one, so for the New Moon soundtrack, we've got... Meet um, Me on the Equinox. Oh, that Death Cab song. We were watching yeah. that video earlier. They had Band of Skulls. I forgot. Band of Skulls was on I this. Yeah. Um, they had Tom, Tom York. York. <laughs> Ooh, we also didn't mention, because it wasn't on the soundtrack, but 15 Step by Radiohead is in the credits for the yeah. first Twilight movie. Um, they have The Killers. I forgot The Killers were in this. Um, another Muse song. I Belong to You. They have a St. Vincent Bon Iver song. Yep. They have Grizzly Bear. Um, 
Monsters by Hurricane Bells is a bop. Uh-huh. Whether or not anyone believes that. And then Shooting the Moon by OK Go. Yep. So let's go into Eclipse. Yeah, so Metric did... So the Metric song was like... Oh, I didn't even mention... I should have mentioned... There's like a song of the movie. You know what yep. I mean? Like the first two... Uh, the first one was... I mean, Flightless Bird, American Mouth was big out of the first one. I think Decode. Decode was really was the, big the, the big song yeah, out of that first that. movie. The second movie, I would say the big one was Meet Me on the Equinox. Yes, I agree with that. Um, I mean, Roslyn, which is the Bon Iver St. Vincent mm-hmm. song, was popular, but like the song to come out of that movie was the Death Cab Meet Me on the Equinox. The big song on Eclipse was um, the song titled Eclipse by Metric. Yep. Um, also, Muse did a song specifically for this movie that you cannot find anywhere anymore unless mm-hmm. you listen to the soundtracks. It's called Neutron Star Collision. It's an amazing song. Um, you have The Bravery is on there. You have Florence and the Machine. Oh, Heavy in Your Arms is such yeah. a good song. You have Chop and Change by the Black Keys. You got My Love by Sia, which is the song where Edward, when he proposes, that's the song that's playing in the background. You have Rolling on a Burning Tire by the Dead Weather. You have Let's Get Lost by Beck and Bats for Lashes. You have Jonathan Lowe by Vampire Weekend. I forgot Vampire Weekend was in this. Um, Life on Earth by Band of Horses is really good, too. Yeah. I oh, my God. God. Of, about Band of CeeLo Green was on this. I know this song, too. What Part of Forever? Oh, my gosh. This was before he was the worst. <laughs> All right. Let's go into Breaking Dawn Part this 1. This one's... One of my faves. Um, you or maybe um, it was the second one. I don't remember right now. Um, I think the big song that played in this was um, "It Will Rain" by Bruno Mars. Yes, this was one of the first times I remember. Like I knew his first album, yep. but I, I remember br- Bruno Mars. Like, yeah, the first memory of yeah. Um, um, see, no, I think the the biggest song to come out of this was A Thousand Years by Christina Perry. That song was out before this movie came out. Was though. it? Okay, because mm-hmm. that's what I associate this movie with. I associate it with the Bruno Mars song. See, I associate it with the Christina Perry song. Actually, it could be. I mean, it could be either way. I mean, A Thousand Years was huge because of this movie. Yeah. Um, we have Northern Lights by Cider Sky. And Tapes by The Joy Formidable. Um, I feel like this, looking oh at Oh my this, god, Turning Page by Sleeping At Last is one of those songs I was telling you about earlier that, like, makes me start tearing up as soon as I hear it. I feel like this soundtrack actually was less hard-hitting. Well, yeah, because a lot of these songs are, like, really romantic, because the entire sense, po- premise of Breaking Dawn Part 1 is their, their wedding and their honeymoon yeah. and all of that. Let's go to Part 2, then. This is a good one. Yeah. Alright, so, so you guys... Have- where yeah. I Come From by Passion Pit. The Forgotten by Green Day. They have Fire Wait, on the... can we point out that Green Day has a song on this album? Yes, we can. We have Fire in the Water by Feist. The Antidote by St. Vincent. Oh my god, that song is so good. Speak Up by Pop Etc. is really good. Ghost. Apparently there's A Thousand Years Part 2. It features um, Steve Kazee. Oh my god. I don't know. Part 2 is song. gonna make you cry. Like, if you ever want to cry, that's what. That's right that's, now. Um, I will say on this one, I think the song that was the most popular that came out of it was The Forgotten by yeah. Green Day. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so, their soundtracks were solid. They're so good. Um, 
If you were to pick one movie that had the best soundtrack out of the five. One. I was going to say three. I think Eclipse. Because of Decode and I Caught Myself. I. Supermassive Black Hole. The song Eclipse, I'm All Yours by Metric, and then Neutron Star Collision from Muse is what gets me for the Eclipse soundtrack. Decode fucking makes me cry, so. Oh, so you're going to listen to that as soon as I leave. (laughs) Um... If you would, so if you were to pick a favorite song off of any of the five soundtracks, you would say Decode? Maybe on the Equinox. Um, I was going to say my favorite song to come out of that would be um, The Antidote by yeah, St. Vincent. I get that. Um, but yeah, they did such a good job with the soundtrack. Soundtracks. I think that they started to, like, after the third one, though, they kind of started to, like, slow down with how good they were. But it makes sense, because like, like you said, they started to get more romantic and like less heavy hitters. Yeah. The more emotional hitters. Yeah. I think that, well, I mean, the storyline, too, is, like, Decode was, like, the big song that came out of that, like we said, and that yeah. song's very, like, dramatic, and, like, you're not really right. sure what's going on, and no. then, like, as the movies That's progress, why I think that they were good they're, like, more romantic. That's why I think they were good soundtracks. Yeah. They follow the tone of the movie. Yeah. But I also think that as the movies got more mild as far as drama goes and more like romantic yeah um the soundtracks kind of fall down i think they like them less yeah um so the last topic i have to discuss is one of the other ginormous i put a pin on this earlier and i'm coming back to it (laughs) one of the ginormous franchises to have come out of this film oof you know what's coming i know it's coming the 50 shades of gray franchise okay so, let me start with, I have only read one Fifty Shades of Grey book. I've read them all. I have not watched any of the movies. I have not watched any of the movies. Based on that one book, it's trash. I absolutely understand how it was based on fan fiction. Anastasia, Anastasia, whatever her name is. Anastasia Grey? Uh, Steel. Steel. Yeah. Christian Grey is his yeah. name. Whatever her name is, um... Is absolutely Mary Sue, reader, insert, author, insert, whatever. Um, I think the books are, I actually think Fifty Shades of Grey is more trash than Twilight is. Christian Grey is an absolutely emotional, emotionally abusive person. No, but I'm saying the, I just wanted to point out that like, it's very obvious that Fifty Shades of Grey was inspired by the Twilight series. Oh, absolutely. Fifty Shades of Grey was written as fan fiction that's why like fiction and like changed. Correct. Because she got a book deal. Correct. Yeah. Um, I feel very similarly. I feel stronger towards Fifty Shades of Grey than you towards Twilight. Of like hatred. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so I read all of the books. They're bad. Uh, don't read them. They're just bad. They're poorly written. They're just bad books. Like I thought Twilight was poorly written. Fifty Shades of Grey is just so bad. That's the only thing I have to say. Yeah. But also very interesting that was huge. But it was also marketed towards not young adults. Correct. It was, it was marketed, more, marketed towards, towards adults. adults. Which is interesting that Even though huge. the storyline takes place around people that are in their mid-twenties. Yeah. Or assumed mid-twenties. Yeah. It's really funny to me that the actors have no chemistry and they... Oh yeah, we thought our pads and they case do have like no chemistry. We thought like the Twilight cast had no chemistry, but like... Ooh, they did not have chemistry on Fifty Shades of Grey. I think that they just don't like each other. 
I mean, no like, I think one... that the actors don't like each other. Yeah, but no one wants to be in that movie. So you know That's going true. in, like, they were less like, Ooh. fuck. Yeah. Jamie Dornan hates, hates being Christian Grey as much as Arpat hated being Edward. Yeah. Alright. Um, so that was an episode. That was an episode. Uh, this is our... This was Twilight. This was Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> In about three minutes of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. And then about like ten minutes of The Hunger Games. Yeah, we had a good ten minutes of The Hunger Games. <laughs> I'm sorry, we we planned on doing this drunk, so we did, and it shows. It shows, yeah. Also, um, we only started preparing for this like an hour before we started recording. So we had, like I said earlier, we had a totally different topic planned, and then we, we were, were just like, it. we just weren't in the mood, and then I brought up, why don't we do the Twilight episode, and Lindsay was like, yep, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Let's start drinking more. Yep. <laughs> Made Stephanie take a tequila shot. <laughs> Ugh, I've not had tequila shots in so long. <laughs> so, uh, here's some final thoughts. From whoever. From someone. <laughs> Probably us. Hey, guys. So, we decided... To uh, change things up with our format of the episode after we had already recorded. Because, uh, why would we plan ahead for anything? Um, So we decided that we are going to do, um, instead of like a final thought, we decided we would move our sober thoughts that normally go at the beginning of, you know, the next episode to the end of this episode. Yep. So instead of doing sober thoughts for the previous episode and the current one we're gonna do sober thoughts for the current episode at the end yes right uh so this episode you get double sober thoughts because uh we did not think this through until last night so i guess my sober thought was that we did not talk about the history of the better love story than twilight okay meme even though we definitely referenced it drunkenly a few times oh i think we actually referenced it in the episode if it makes it in i don't know I don't know the context. I can't remember it. Yeah. Uh, we were already some drunk po- to start yeah. with. So I yeah, at remember. some point we were talking about better love story than Twilight. And uh, you may or may not have heard that. I don't know. <laughs> I have not heard the episode yet. It's because I have not edited the episode. <laughs> okay. So, according to Know Your Meme, which is a beautiful source of information that I don't think I could have lived with. Or lived, with, lived without. Okay, so... Uh, there was a poll on this website called Soda Head, and it asked readers to choose the best love story between Twilight, The Notebook, and Romeo and Juliet. And then this led into an argument that um, was comparing the love stories in Harry Potter, specifically, you know, Snape and his love for Lily Potter, to those in Twilight. And then somebody said in 2011 on Facebook, J.K. Rowling told a better love story in one chapter than Stephanie Meyer did in four books. And then thus, I, better I, love story than Twilight. I do remember that, reading about that. Yeah, and uh, it's... Those things popping up. Yeah, it started on going over all... Started uh, going all over the place uh, on Reddit. And it was... Started with, um, like, inanimate objects. Yep. So there was a lot of, uh, the one I'm looking at right now is a plug 
a three-pronged club <laughs> and like the socket. It's a still a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> and uh, thus the joke still gets made. Beer and drunken uncultured. Still a better love story than Twilight. Uh, my favorite that I'm looking at right now is Gollum and the Ring. <laughs> Um, I really don't have a sober thought for this one, just that Twilight kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, it does. And, uh, because it sucks, of course I own three (laughs) of the five movies. Cool, so we will, um, invade your ear holes next time. Yeah, because, uh, we would say we would see you next time, but we can't see you. So, we will be back into your headphones soon. So that was the episode. We uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. I mean, if you're drinking while you're listening, then you should be enjoying it as much as we enjoyed making it. Yeah, we drank a lot, didn't we? We always drink a lot. So if you want to talk to us, uh, and we love talking to you guys, we hope that you reach out to us. You can get a hold of us through all of our socials. Uh, we are Drunk and Uncultured Podcast on Facebook. We are Drunk Uncultured on Twitter. We are Drunk and Uncultured on Instagram. And our email address is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. Nobody send us emails. Please send us an email. Please send us emails. Um, My o- our only emails are... Spam. Uh, things that we signed up for. Things that we signed up for to get a discount for the yep. first time order. Um, also, we want to start doing something new for Final Thoughts. So, if you are interested, um, feel free to send us a message through our, G- our Gmail account, send- a voice recording or something, um, and whatever you want, and it might end up on the podcast. If you send us an email, we'll read it aloud. Uh, if you send us a recording, I will play it. Yeah. So, just send us some thoughts. Yeah. Uh, our new website is up and running. You can find us at drunkenduncultured.com. So exciting. (laughs) We have a real website. We have a real website. And, um, huge news, we are now on Spotify. Yeah, so you can listen to us on all of your favorite... Officially all of your favorite. All of the apps. All of the apps. Please go on, like, all of the apps, and whatever you're using to listen to us, and rate us and review us, and we will read your reviews. As always, I'm Lindsay. I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Untapped. As Lindsay sold out, so please add me, um, especially when I'm tapped. I'll cheers you. I'll cheer or you I'll, I'll toast you. Yeah, whatever it's called. Toasting? Yeah. Um, and then I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and untapped at underscore Stephen Color. You can also find my music Instagram page at Shitty Concert Blog. All right, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys.